Welcome into Tales Never Fails. My name is Steve Kramer. Appreciate you checking out the show. On today's show, we're wrapping up our draft coverage as we talk about some sleeper secondary players. On previous episodes, we've discussed all the positions on offense and defense except the offensive line. If you missed any of those, be sure to check them out. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at TNF underscore podcast. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. I'm joined today by Mr. Parker Hurley. Parks, how you doing? Yeah, doing well. Getting into the sleeper defensive back players. Yeah, like you said, kind of closing it up for the draft. And uh, yeah, if you have any questions or anything else, just hit up hit us up on Twitter. We're getting in here, Parks, a week before the draft. Um, like we said, we're going to be talking about some, some of the guys that you have circled lower on your list um, in terms of secondary players. We'll start with Jamel Dean, the redshirt junior cornerback from Auburn. At the Combine, Parks, he came in at... Right at six foot two oh six, and ended up running a four three forty uh, vertical jump in the forty one broad jump one thirty. So those are really uh, crazy metrics for him. Um, his collegiate career, though, it started off on kind of a shaky note. He was medically disqualified to play um, at Ohio State because he suffered two knee injuries in high school, and then he sat out in two thousand fifteen and transferred um, to Auburn. They cleared him to play. And then he suffered yet another knee injury in preseason camp 2016. And then he was finally healthy in 2017, started 11 of the 14 games, and then started 11 of 12 this past year. Whenever you watch his game parks, when he's on the field, what did you see? Yeah, like you said, for the most part, you know, his real questions come down to, you know, what do you know? NFL teams know about his medical history because he showed up to the combine and had one of the you know best combines, especially with his weight adjusted speed. It was one thing to see him that fast, but another to see him over two hundred pounds with you know size and length. So you know at the ceiling this player is, and you know getting getting onto Ohio State, you know obviously he comes in as a high level recruit, and then you know okay has some serious injury questions, but to bounce back and you know get on the field, you know not only you know have Auburn give you a chance, but to get on the field at Auburn and have some success at Auburn, it's clear that, you know, there's some upside in terms of what he can do with his play. Um, you can see some of his play um, in terms of his ability to press at the line of scrimmage, but also be able to play in zone coverage and explode on the football, you know, heading downhill, make plays on the football. He has some pretty good ball awareness. And then you can obviously see, you know, I think uh, he even had a pick six where there was, you know, a time you could see him break away, you know, with that speed. So um, you can kind of see in all elements, like I said, he could play press man, he could play some zone. Um, there's a lot of upside into his game. The obvious questions are going to come down to his medical history. And then his medical history obviously took away, um, you know, a lot of his play made him a little bit more raw. Um, some of his techniques a little bit, you know, um, less positive. And then uh, especially against bigger physical receivers, he seemed to struggle in uh, in press coverage. He seemed to get beat off the line of scrimmage a little bit more. And down the football field in the air, he seemed to get beat off the football um, a little bit more, you know, by bigger physical receivers. So, I mean, he has the size. And I think you kind of look at it and you say, you know, with his physical makeup and with his upside and, you know, with the fact that he had, you know, all these issues kind of keeping him off the field. If you could get him on the field more, you could kind of, you know, hold down his technique, have him become a more consistent overall player. And then the upside just, you know, takes over from there. But the downside is, you know, 
I don't know his medical history. He's been hurt, you know, two, you know, devastating season ending injuries and Ohio State deemed him, like you said, medically unable to play. So, I mean, there's some serious questions in terms of, you know, can he stay on an NFL field when he's barely been able to play in college? So um, serious upside, serious downside as well. And like I said, some of the, you know, because he wasn't on the field as long as some of these other guys, you can see it. And I think it comes down to his play and physical nature. So those are some of his real flaws, but um, definitely some upside worth investing in. And, you know, some of the more reports, especially when you put together a good combine, if he has a good combine with, you know, positive medicals, he goes high as round two. But if you see him get undrafted or something like that, you'll know exactly why. So we'll see. Parks, we'll move on to another cornerback here. Iman Marshall, the senior cornerback from USC. The combine came in right at six foot and a half, 207 pounds. He ended up running a four five three there. Um, he started his USC career, um, stepped right into a starting role with them. USA Today, freshman All-American, continued to have a really nice sophomore season. He got honorable mention All-Pac-12. Junior year was a little rough. Um, knee injury cost him three games, but then he was second team All-Pac-12 his senior year. Um, some things I saw about him, Parks, that were a little concerning. He was penalized 16 times over the last two seasons, um, and he didn't have any interceptions those last two years either. Um, do you think that he'll be able to stay at corner in the NFL, or what do you think that his uh, NFL prospects look like? Yeah, I know there's some people that think he could potentially move to safety, and I could understand it. I think there's definitely a chance that you could get a zone cornerback in the NFL. Um, it'll just be interesting to see because, like you said, he's he's an extremely physical cornerback, and you can see that in, in his press nature, in his press technique, and that's kind of how he was able to get on the field right away because he was kind of able to you know, dog receivers, and he was very physical at the line of scrimmage could bump them off of the route everything like that and he still kind of carries that ability um and then kind of with his back pedal and when he's able to keep his eyes on the quarterback um he seems like an instinctive player um a pretty smart player in terms of you know being able to you know physically crash down on the football when he keeps things in front of him and has his eyes on the quarterback it's just it seems like that's kind of his limitations and you kind of really want him in like a cover two system because you know he didn't necessarily have the most the most deep speed and then he had like you kind of said added a knee injury and um I don't think he's too explosive down the football field and I think you add the fact that he's a physical cornerback and he's getting beat a lot deep and that's where you start to see the penalties start to rack up like you said so you're starting to look at him and you say he's pretty scheme dependent in the fact that like I said, I think, you know, as a cover two cornerback where he's able to, you know, press jam and then bail off the line of scrimmage and then read the quarterback and, you know, kind of react, um, come up and, you know, defend the run. You could have some success there. It's just you're going to need more versatility in your defense. Um, he moved into the slot sometimes at USC, but that was honestly his worst football. So that's where that's where it comes down to some like, you know, uh, some real questions. You know, you're wondering if he has, you know, kind of the foot speed or the foot quickness in that area. And that's where a lot of people are saying that he could potentially become a safety because of his, you know, one downhill nature to physicality. It, some of his best ability is his press and his ability to reroute receivers to the line of scrimmage. But you're kind of saying that in the NFL, he's not going to be able to reroute as many receivers. You know, the smaller, quicker ones are a little bit quicker than him. The bigger ones are bigger than him. It's going to be tougher than him than it was in the Pac-12. So, you know, while his press technique is fine, you know, you're still kind of saying maybe in the NFL, his best role is being able to, you know, physically tackle downhill and being able to read the quarterback and keep things in front of him. Um, like you said, he doesn't really have the 
ball skills and he doesn't have the deep speed so he's not a free safety and he's not necessarily even you know like a cover two safety he's kind of just a strong robber type of safety so he's definitely going to fall into the draft because he's extremely scheme dependent but I think his uh his instincts his physicality and his ability to play downhill um because you know we're so low and he has at least a floor of special teams and his ceiling is I think he could start honestly on the outside in the right scheme and I think he could start at strong safety in the right scheme so you know there's enough versatility there that at some point you're definitely taking a chance on Marshall um you're just a little bit worried about the deep speed and the, the fact that he's so grabby with the deep speed um but you know, there are some, uh, there's definitely some positives, especially in his press ability. Parks, another cornerback, uh, Mark Fields, a senior cornerback from Clemson, came into the combine at just under 5'10, 192, ended up running a 4'37. So, not the most size, but he ran pretty well. He came into Clemson as a top 100 recruit, um, found his way onto the field in, in 13 of those games as a true freshman, only started once uh, his sophomore year. And then he did earn some starts, four in the eight games that he played in 2017, but he missed six games with a foot injury. And then he only started once in 11 games in 2018. Um, so he had six career starts at Clemson. Uh, we know some of the guys that Clemson has had at cornerback, but um, we're looking at his NFL prospects here. And what did you see whenever you watched him, Parks? Yeah, he's a tough, you know, because he didn't get to play too often at Clemson. And you're saying, you know, how are you going to draft a bench player in college football and expect him to be a pro player? But like you said, some of the talent that does go through Clemson, there's like some examples, you know, Josh Jacobs, a running back at Alabama is going to get drafted high, you know, despite the fact that um, he, you know, played behind a lot of people, Miles Sanders because of Saquon Barkley, you know, things like that do happen in some other positions. You know, uh, Quinton Williams is going to be a top five pick and he's kind of a one year wonder. Um, Mark Fields, you know, didn't necessarily even have that one year, but um, in his limited tape where you do get to see him and, you know, I'll admit that I didn't even really know who he was, you know, obviously you know, um, I've talked about I don't really watch college football, you know, during the season just afterwards. So I, I didn't really know who he was until the combine. And like you said, you saw the 4-3 speed and you saw the Clemson background. So you have to at least look into, you know, why did he get invited to the combine? You know, despite what six career NFL starts or uh, NCAA starts, it looks like. So you're saying, why did he get invited to the combine? And it's mainly because, you know, well, he's blazing fast, but not only that, he has, um, really good, uh, foot speed, really, he's really quick footed, um, I think the issue with him is that, um, first off, he's kind of pigeonholed into the slot because of his size. You know, in at Clemson, that's going to be tougher to, you know, consistently get on the field or consistently rack up starts and snaps if you're in the slot where, you know, uh, some other, you know, schools or even some other, you know, uh, obviously the NFL is even moving towards keeping, you know, three cornerbacks on, on the field more. So he's going to be pigeonholed into the slot. And then um, his real issues come in terms of zone coverage, being able to drop back, read the quarterback, everything like that but his best ability is like I said his foot quickness and it's kind of he can kind of just stay in phase and just hang with you know short quick receivers maybe you know bigger receivers are obviously going to be a lot more too you know a little too physical for him but you know some of these you know little receivers are going to you know slide into the slot move around and in man coverage Mark Fields can get on the field and stick with them and you know that's kind of a valued trait now that you know you kind of need in the NFL that you know he can kind of just you know stick with some of these littler guys and you know okay maybe he's not even going to start in the NFL but he's going to be on the field for you know a few snaps here 
there, you know, it's third down and we need someone to cover Julian Edelman. Let's just throw Mark Fields on him for this play, you know. And that's the type of, you know, almost like a gadget player on defense. You have to start matching up, you know, gadget player for gadget player, you know. Who's going to be a little guy who sticks with Hollywood Brown? You know, a guy like Mark Fields, we could try and stick on him and just, you know, with his foot quickness, he could play on him. So, yeah, I wouldn't put him in zone and he's going to fall because he's very limited to being a man slot cornerback. But um, you, you need that in today's NFL, so he has a chance. First, next guy we're going to talk about here definitely has the size. Isaiah Johnson, a redshirt senior cornerback from Houston, uh, came into Houston as a wide receiver. He spent his redshirt season and two more years at receiver before making the switch to cornerback. At the combine, he came in at 6'2", in an eighth, 208 pounds. Um, wingspan and arm length are both in a 90th percentile. You're in a 4'4", Broad jump, 133, which is in the 96th percentile. So he had a really impressive combine. Um, and then he started 5 to 12 games in 2017. And as a senior, started 10 of the 11 games, had 66 tackles, and led the Houston Cougars with seven pass breakups. Whenever you watch this film, how did the transition from – wide receiver to cornerback look to you it was definitely up and down at times and um you know what makes him obviously have the upside like you kind of said is you know there's no lack of size or length or anything like that and uh i believe you know three sigma athlete.com uh, had him as they kind of track weight adjusted athleticism and they had him as you know since they've been tracking it as the best most athletic cornerback at his size you know at his weight uh the most athletic cornerback in the entire NFL combine since they've been doing it. So, you know, that's what you have. And Isaiah Johnson is just an elite level athlete. It's just right now he's extremely raw in his cornerback play. Um, you know, he's he's good in his ability to um, break on the football. And you can see his fluid nature and his ability to break on the football. And also he can follow players over the over the middle of the field. It's just he doesn't have any zone instincts whatsoever. He doesn't really have some good ball skills. And um, his biggest issue, one of his worst issues, is his ability to tackle. And, you know, I was talking about with, with Greedy Williams and I was saying, you know, he's kind of the point where you're just saying, like, he's almost lazy or he's not doing it because he knows he's going to get drafted high. You know, you could actually, you know, kind of think that when you watch him. Isaiah Johnson, you just can tell that he's a wide receiver who's never known how to tackle before. And what's so funny is that I know why that I've, I've seen this before. And uh, I saw it with Brian Allen, who the Steelers drafted. I saw it with Artie Burns, who the Steelers drafted. So um, I'm sure the Steelers are probably going to draft him because his tackling attempts are so funny that he just he really like he try, it's because he's so big and he's so loose that when he tries to break people down, he just like it's it's rough right now. So um, he has a lot of big time issues and um, he gives up a lot of plays, especially in his zone instincts. And even in man, he doesn't use his length to his ability yet. But I mean, like I keep saying, I mean, his ability to crash on the football one is already, you know, exciting and he can make plays on the football because he's a former wide receiver and then you know you add in the length the athleticism the size the speed um everything that he has put together if you you know he's not going to play on an nfl field next season i i wouldn't think or he's going to be a third or fourth round player um because i don't think he's going to get on an nfl field too early in in his career but you're betting on him later in the draft because you're saying okay we don't need him to start next year but we would love to have this upside in year two or three you know or we know our cornerbacks coach who can kind of teach him how to break down because he's worked with so-and-so who's, you know, 6'2 and over. So, I mean, it's little things like that to where he just needs his game refined in a major way. And, I mean, we talked about Houston with Ed Oliver and how, you know, people were saying Ed Oliver is not a top 10 pick because Houston just misused him completely. Um, And, you know, we're not expecting Houston to 
um, take Isaiah Johnson and, you know, make the best out of him. I think Houston's best decision was, you know, changing him from receiver to cornerback, but we're not expecting him to develop in, you know, ways that NFL coaches probably can. So we'll see if he gets in the right system and if he can develop. Um, another, you know, if the Vikings drafted him, I think that would be a much better thing um, because I, they have been able to develop, you know, big physical cornerbacks. So that's a situation where, you know, I could see the Steelers liking him. I could also see the Vikings liking him and, uh, you know, the Vikings might be better hands. So we'll see. Yeah, we're like the Seahawks because Richard Sherman used to be was a wide receiver too. Yeah, that'd be nice. Um, next guy we'll talk about here, Parks, uh, Mike Jackson, the senior cornerback from Miami, came into the combine at six foot and five eighths, two hundred and ten pounds. So had some good size on that frame. Um, ran a four four five at that. His um, broad jump was one hundred and thirty, which is in the ninety second percentile. So really explosive athlete in, in terms of that. Uh, got stuck behind some of the depth that Miami's had at cornerback over the years. He um, played in 25 games as a reserve in 15 and 16, um, but then found his way into the starting lineup 10 of the 13 games he played as a junior, um, tying for the team lead with four interceptions there. Um, he also, uh, honorable mention all ACC as a senior, started all 13 games, had six pass breakups, a couple tackles for loss, and two and a half sacks, Parks. Whenever you watched um, his – you know, the last two years that he had in Miami, what did you see from him? Yeah, I liked what he could do, um, especially in terms of his ability to press at the line of scrimmage. And not only that, but kind of stay physical throughout the route. Um, and you mainly could see that because, you know, one of his bigger knocks is that he doesn't really have um, some people say he's pretty clunky in his feet and he's a little bit clunky in his feet for sure. Um, in terms of, you know, he's probably a better zone cornerback who just sticks on his side and doesn't really go over the middle of the field. But the reason that I do like him is because, like I kind of said, how he uses his length within phase of the, um, of the receivers. And he kind of uses some of his awareness to where um, he's able to kind of, you know, keep his physicality. As, you know, like slant routes and drags like that, he's able to kind of use his physicality to knock receivers off as they're kind of going over the middle. So it, it did help him in, in you know, uh, some specific situations at Miami in terms of playing on routes over the middle of the field. So, you know, there is enough there in terms of he has the ability to press. He has decent enough zone instincts, and there's a little bit of ability to go over the middle of the field, especially in terms of when he gets his hand on you, he can kind of just stay physical throughout the route. So, um, that's where he becomes an interesting cornerback because, I mean, we're moving into this quick passing league, you know, in the NFL. And you're saying if he's a cornerback who within those first five yards is going to dog the hell out of you and even over the middle of the field isn't going to be able to let go. Um, that's pretty, you know, that's what you kind of need. Um, the questions are going to be, you know, how consistently could he play over the middle of the field? Is he going to be typecast into, you know, even as his own cornerback? Like I said, I think his best ability is not playing in space, reading the quarterback. I think his best ability is up close near the line of scrimmage, playing physical, using his size to his advantage. So it'll be interesting because, um, you know, you would kind of want to have him in like a cover two scheme where, you know, he doesn't have, he kind of has a shell over top of him and he's able to just, just kind of attack in those, you know, over uh, the like short little underneath kind of stuff. But um, it will be interesting to see, you know, where exactly he fits in and how exactly he plays. But I think at the very worst, you have a, you know, a depth cornerback who, you know, like I keep saying, in some of these like short, you know, instances, he can put his hands on you, he can rough you up and he can, you know, get the pass rush can get there in time. And, you know, he can kind of, you know, remain in phase for a few times before, you know, I think, you know, over a long term, he would obviously, you know, teams would start picking on his deep speed or start picking on his foot 
muscle quickness in the short area, but because of, you know, like I keep saying in those like short spurts or as a depth player, he could come in and provide. And at the very worst, he's a physical cornerback who wouldn't mind making some money on special teams. So um, that's where you're starting to say in the late, late rounds, you're looking at a guy like Michael Jackson and saying, you know, uh, I don't even know any good songs that I could, you know, finish it off with. I was thinking that'd be pretty cool to wrap up Michael Jackson, but I couldn't do it. Yeah, Parks. Uh, we'll move on to another guy. A guy that didn't get invited to the combine here, Jimmy Moreland, who we talked about a little bit before our show here. Redshirt senior cornerback from James Madison. At his pro day, he came in at 5'10", 175. I ended up running a 4'4", 40. Um, and he had a 39-inch vert, which is pretty nice as well. Whenever you watch his film, Parks, I'll let you talk about um, his ball skills. I won't get into the numbers if you want to. Um, but what did you see whenever you watched him? Yeah, what, 18 interceptions. It was a program record. I think it was a conference record. And it's, yeah, it's one of the best in, uh, you know, all of what, uh, it's not 1AA, FCS or whatever. So, I mean. Yeah, he took six to the house as well. Right, six to the house, which I think that's the most impressive fact of, uh, you know, what he was able to do is um, convert all those interceptions for touchdowns because basically what he realized was like, he was better from, from the moment he, you know, kind of stepped foot on the field as a freshman he was better than everybody that he was playing with um he was just obviously you know smaller than a lot of the people he was playing against but they stuck him on the outside and he kind of just played with quarterbacks like really was just like oh yeah i'm not gonna get there oh there i go buddy you know like that's that's what made like so many of his interceptions impressive because it kind of were situations where he was just kind of sitting on it baiting it and it's kind of like jaws where it's like and then like he goes and he just picks it off and like you said um takes it to the house with serious intentions of taking it to the house so i mean i said it before with one of these cornerbacks that what you need with um a cornerback to make it to the nfl is a swagger and a confidence about yourself and that's exactly you know in smarts you know and instincts in zone and that's exactly what you see with jimmy moreland obviously the issues with jimmy moreland is you know how tall he is and how big he is he's 5'9 and under 180 pounds um he's not going to play on the outside like he did um you know, at James Madison, um, I don't think, you know, he has what, 29 and 5 eighths uh, arms. So, I mean, there's nobody in the NFL that he could press, you know, and that's, but what I said is, you know, while Mark Fields is a player, you know, you need him on his team because he can man up on it, somebody with his foot speed. Jimmy Moreland, because of his zone instincts, and I mean, I know, I think Jimmy Moreland has the foot speed too, to where he can man up on cornerbacks in the slot. And, um, but I really think, you know, because of those zone instincts and playing off of the ball, and obviously he's going to play off in the slot. Lot. He's going to make a lot of plays on the football, and that's exactly what you need from him. And uh, I'll just plug an article I wrote to kind of finish it up. Is I wrote about him uh, for the Chicago Bears, who brought him in for a visit, and just compared his athletic testing and his uh, college production to Bryce Callahan, who Bryce Callahan just had two really strong years starting in the slot and just got a little payday from uh, Vic Fangio and the Denver Broncos. So um, you know he has very similar, or he has better college production. Although you know Bryce Callahan went to Rice. It's it's still, you know, Rice and James Madison, it's not huge differences, but um, Jimmy Moreland has much better proje- produ- production at similar athleticism. So in my opinion, he can hang in the slot. And in my opinion, the Bears are saying we could move on from Bryce Callahan and get someone so much cheaper as a UDFA because we drafted Bryce Callahan as a UDFA and he fell to a UDFA for the same, almost the same exact reasons as Jimmy Moreland. So I really could see, you know, and it took Bryce Callahan one or two years and he did actually play a little bit on the outside. I think it was his second 
second year in the NFL, played a little bit on the outside and then held down the slot for two straight seasons. Um, I could see that being a four-year run for Jimmy Moreland similarly. So um, that's the type of player that I see with him. It'll be interesting to see where he lands, Parks. He's a guy that, you know, I definitely going to be rooting for there. Uh, the next guy we talk about, Parks, Saquon Hampton, the redshirt senior safety from Rutgers at the combine came in at six, one and a quarter, two Oh six. And ended up running a four four eight and had a hundred and twenty five inch broad jump. So pretty explosive athlete there, Parks. He showed glimpses um, his first during his first three years um, at Rutgers, but injuries to both shoulders shortened his sophomore and junior seasons. And he played well during his uh, senior season, which he was able to stay healthy. And he earned uh, honorable mention All Big Ten honors as well as the team's MVP and led the conference with one point three passes defended per game. Also got 65 tackles this past year. Parks, whenever you watched him, what did you like about his game when he was on the field? I think a lot of people are sleeping on Saquon Hampton because he got left out to dry a little bit, you know, being on Rutgers and playing in the Big Ten. You know, I think, you know, he's one of those players that just was in a bad situation for most of his career. So, like you said, he showed up and he tested... I mean, uh, maybe surprising to some people, but I knew, I thought he was going to be explosive. And the biggest thing was he didn't do the three cone at uh, the combine, but he went to his pro day and ran uh, six, nine, three, which is under seven, which is what we kind of have been saying like throughout this draft podcast that what that means is he has serious burst and change of direction ability. And at the safety position, that's exactly what you need. You know, he has decent size for, for playing in safety. And I think he could play in a lot of different roles in the safety position. I don't think he's necessarily a free safety um, and that he's a little bit undersized and that he does have a, li- a few lapses. And like I said, you know, big plays happened at Rutgers under his watch. And, um, you know, I think that's going to happen at times in Rutgers. But I think some of it does come down to, you know, he's reacting a lot. I think he's forcing, you know, the fact that he needs to be a playmaker at Rutgers a little bit. So, you know, he's forcing it a little bit. He's getting caught out of line. Um, I don't think he's the decision maker that you want at free safety, but I think you can put him at strong safety and while he's a little bit undersized at strong safety he's super fluid and and like you said explosive in the way that he moves to where he can really um, evade blocks Um, and that was what I was most impressed about him and where he was really good in open space was being able to avoid blocks and make tackles and that's where I knew like I said I thought he was going to be athletic and fluid so that's where I was impressed with him but like we keep saying you know we're moving to this nickel and dime NFL who's a nickel and dime player in my opinion you know a guy like Saquon Hampton who's 6'1", 206 and has really long arms and is super fluid in his movement put that in the slot man like put that in the slot have him line up on tight ends just line up straight over tight ends and have him physically you know impose tight ends and he has that change of direction ability where he can move and match with tight ends and I think a lot of people are looking at him and saying you know um, not instinctive enough you know maybe not fast enough to play free safety you know too small and not physical enough to play strong safety and I'm saying he's a nickel and dime player in my opinion and that's exactly what you need in the NFL and I think he can man up on cornerbacks or on tight ends and running backs and I think he can play in space and that's exactly what you need so um, I think he's a real sleeper that not not enough people are talking about because um, like I said because some of his issues in terms of um, big plays at Rutgers and some of the fact that you know he's playing at Rutgers and kind of getting um, beat up on by a lot of better opponents. Parks we'll talk about another Northeast safety here Will Harris the safety from Boston College came into the combine at 6'1, 207, ended up running a 441, so pretty nice speed at that size. Uh, also had a 36 and a half inch vertical, 123 inch 
broad jump, uh, six nine one three cone, which you were just talking about. Um, he started the final three games of his freshman year. Continued to start each of the team's next twenty six games. Um, so he definitely like that. He's been on the field a lot, and the team's counted on him since his freshman year. He started all twelve games as a senior, made seventy five tackles, and earned third team All ACC honors. Whenever you watch this film, Parks, a lot of it to go through. What did you see? Yeah, he's another player who, you know, similarly to Hampton, I think is getting typecast as, you know, he's kind of a combination safety. But I think if you stick him in that, you know, a dime or nickel type of role, you could have some success with him. You know, he's a player who, you know, like you said, he plays with some really good speed. And, you know, it's kind of more sideline to sideline speed or, you know, some downhill speed. Um, Like you said, he has good change of direction as well. Um, I think some of his issues are, you know, kind of similarly to Hampton in that, you know, uh, he's a little... um, undisciplined in terms of his free safety role he really didn't play deep in terms of free safety and I think in terms of cover two he could play some cover two to hide safety um and you wouldn't be you know you wouldn't really mind that because you know he doesn't have too too much responsibility in terms of just half of the field so I think you know if he's a starting NFL safety he could play some too high or he could play that robber kind of you know in the box downhill a little bit um but, you know, the issue with him in that area is that I don't think he's quite as sound of a tackler. So that's where I think his best area is. You know, like I kind of just said, you stick him in the box, you put him on a tight end, um, you use some of his length and you use some of his size on tight ends and running backs. And that's exactly what you need in the NFL now. You know, you really need a third safety who is like a nickel and dime safety. And these guys are going to fall into the fourth, fifth round. And, you know, NFL.com is not going to rank them highly. But these are players who are going to be needed in today's NFL. And um, I think Will Harris is another one of those guys. Um, like I said, I'm not the I'm not the most keen on his tackling or his awareness, but I do think in terms of you know being able to physically run with cornerbacks and change directions, and in terms of his uh, you know speed. Parks, another safety we're going to talk about here, Kari Willis, the senior safety from Michigan State, came into the combine just an eighth inch under 5'11", 213, ended up running a four five two forty there. Um, had pretty decent workout there at the combine. Twenty-two reps on the bench is pretty nice for his size. Um, he was a running back in high school and covered nearly three thousand yards on the ground and scored thirty-one touchdowns. Um, and then he played, started three of nine games his f- true freshman year, and then his season ended before the Big Ten championship game for Michigan State um, due to a broken foot. Started one game in two thousand six. And then there was an opening in, in their secondary for 2017. He really took advantage of that. Um, got honorable mention, all Big Ten, with 71 tackles, four sacks, two picks. And then he had another honorable mention, all conference performance as a senior with 84 tackles, another two picks, 10 bre- 10 pass breakups and 13 starts for Michigan State. Uh, Whenever you watch his film, Parks, what did you see about his game? Yeah, he's a really interesting one in that he was mainly a free safety, but he was typically a too high safety. So um, most of what he was doing was off of the ball in coverage. And um, he was really instinctual off the ball in coverage. And um, I think his best trait, and like you said, you know, as a former running back, I think it makes sense that um, his best trait was his ability to take angles downfield and tackle and like really in space, you know, avoiding blocks in limiting run plays, you know, from, you know, a lot of deep safeties are going to, you know, play it safe, you know, kind of hang around, you know, 20 yards off the line of scrimmage or, you know, whatever, but he's going to go get the football. And, you know, he actually does, you know, find the football and makes tackles in the running game. Um, really strong run supporter downhill. The issue with him is that, you know, he doesn't have some great tested athleticism. And I think you saw in terms of, 
you know, he didn't, he was, he's a free safety or he's, you know, a deep safety for the most part. Um, you know, despite the fact that he can play well downhill, I think that's why he can play, you know, because of he, it starts so deep, he's able to take good angles and everything, but, um, he's a deep safety who can't really play that, you know, the cover one deep middle of the field like that, um, or typically hasn't. And because he doesn't have necessarily the speed or the, uh, you know, the, uh, size or everything like that, you know, you're not sure if he's able to do that. And he might just be a cover two, um, you know, type of uh, high safety who, you know, obviously could play special teams because of his ability to get downhill and make tackles. You know, he's going to make an NFL career for sure. And that's what you're betting on in these middle rounds. And he's similar to those other, you know, safeties that we kind of talked about in this episode where he could, you know, because of his physicality and because um, he's a really high effort player and he plays with some decent foot, uh, foot speed, he could play, um, you know, in the box against linebackers and tight ends and things of that nature. Um, the issue with him is that, you know, those other guys are like 6'1". He's kind of 5'10", close to 5'11", but nonetheless, you know, two, two inches or so, um, these other guys have on him and they have a little bit of length on him. So he really is just kind of like a single, or he's a, you know, high safety who's a little bit too slow to play single high. Um, there's a role for him, you know, in cover two, you can kind of mask some of his, you know, deep uh, speed weaknesses and you have a really strong run defender in safety. Safety, and you have a special teams player and like I said in specific situations you could bring him into the box to match up on players so there's enough there to get excited about um, especially in terms of his tape but some of his physical limitations do limit the upside. Yeah, Parks we already talked about his teammate Amon Marshall but uh, Marvell Tell the senior safety from USC had a really nice combine. Came in rated 6'2", 198, wingspan at uh, 80 inches, which is in the 95th percentile, arm length in the 91st percentile. He had a vertical jump of 42 inches, which is crazy. That was in the 97th percentile, broad jump in the 98th percentile, three cone of 663, which is in the 95th percentile, and 20-yard shuttle, which is out of 401, which is really nice again at the uh, in the 91st percentile there, Parks. He was a two-game starter, strong safety as a true freshman. Um, he missed four contests with the broken collarbone, started all 13 games as a sophomore. He was named first team all-pack 12 as a junior, started all 14 games at free safety, Hit, made 85 tackles there, um, and then he was honorable mention all Pac-12 in 2018 with 57 tackles and broke up five more in 10 starts. Whenever you watched him, Parks, what did you like about Marvell Tell? Yeah, I, you know, it's kind of funny because um, we're kind of going to talk about, um, you know, I'm in Marshall might play some safety who is a cornerback and Tell might be a safety who's going to move to cornerback in the NFL because, you know, you watch his video and we talked about it with, um, I think, Cameron Smith, um, you know, that it just doesn't seem like USC has some great coaching and it's clear that this, you know, he didn't really develop in his college, um, you know, career, I guess you could say. You know, um, his biggest issue was he's a guy who just doesn't really know how to tackle at this point in his career. And, you know, a cornerback, it's one thing, you know, you don't have to tackle too, too much. But at safety, you know, you have to make some serious tackles in space. So, I mean, he was a player who just wasn't natural playing in space. Um, so, you know, I don't think his tape was too great, you know, um, really at all. And I don't think he's, he has a chance at safety. I think everyone's going to look at his size and his length and they're going to move him to cornerback. Um, and like you said, his, his combine 
combine was great, you know, in terms of his tested explosionness. So um, that's really, in terms of his NFL projection, I think it's going to be, or like I said, I think it's going to be a lot of projection. You're not, you're kind of just throwing out the videotape of what you kind of had and said that, okay, what we have is just a really raw cornerback um, who could press players. And like you said, has really quick foot speed, really quick burst, really quick athleticism. You're probably not expecting him to get on the field right away, but you're saying due to this upside, this guy could play outside and could even, you know, be a big 6'2", you know, 6'3", type of player who could move inside, and that's what you would really love against, you know, bigger tight ends and everything like that. So, I mean, everything's projection-based on him, and like I said, I mean, you know, Cameron Smith, Ivan Marshall, Marvell Tell, guys with serious high upside, with serious athleticism, um, who are serious recruits coming out of high school who are just completely underdeveloped. And, like, you're just, you know, we're pointing, <laughs> you're pointing at, like, one thing here and saying, you know, what do you think the issues are at USC? So, we'll see. Parks, we'll, uh, we'll talk about another kid here, Jordan Brown, the senior cornerback from South Dakota State. He did get invited to the combine. Um, at, came in at about six feet and three-eighths inches, uh, 201 pounds there. Uh, wingspan arm length, not really impressive for his size. He running a 4.51, which is all right. Vertical and broad jump were pretty explosive, though, Parks. He came to South Dakota State as a wide receiver. Um and then he split time between wide receiver and cornerback during his redshirt year. And then the coaches stuck him on defensive following year in 11 games. Um, and then in 2017, he was named first team all league for the Missouri Valley football conference. He led the, uh, the Jackrabbits there with nine pass breakups had 72 tackles. And then this past year, first team all conference pick again, and got third-team All-American honors from the Associated Press. In 13 starts, he was credited with 29 tackles, three interceptions, and team-high 12 pass breakups. This was a guy, Parks, that we were talking about before the uh, before we started recording here. I said the a director of scouting for an NFC team said he's big and he can run, and that's what we need. Hell, that's what everybody needs now. He's not soft, but I just wish he had more dog in him to oppose his presence on receivers. If he had that, he would be a top 40 pick. What did you see, Parks, whenever you watched Jordan Brown from South Dakota State? Yeah, and, uh, you know, that's a little bit, you know, it's interesting because he's not like the biggest cornerback either, really. But um, it is true that, you know, um, I guess the physicality in him, you know, like he was saying, but um, mainly because he's more of a zone cornerback, I would say. And his ability to kind of come down and make plays on the football is where you kind of saw all of his ball production, where, like you said, he's starting to get, you know, um, named with awards and everything like that. So his ball production and his ability to hang in zone is impressive. It's just, I don't think there's much in terms of his press technique. And then I don't think, you know, like you said, the deep speed um, might be questionable with him, especially, you know, okay, he didn't get tested deep when he's playing off the football and he's able to, you know, play with a lower level of competition. When the competition increases, you know, and like I said, I don't think he's going to be a press cornerback. So, you know, you already have a cornerback coming from a small school. and he, you know, he's going to have some questions in terms of, uh, you know, what kind of schemes he's going to be fit in. But I think uh, the fact of the matter is, you know, he can play the football and he has instincts in zone and he has really quick feet. So um, that's a player where you're going to go into bed on, especially in these middle rounds, especially compared to some of, you know, the other cornerbacks that we could try and talk about in this draft. So, um, you know, Jordan Brown, and like I kind of told you, it's hard to, you know, get too, too much video on guys like South Dakota State. So I'm even going to lump in Corey 
Corey Ballantyne from Washburn because, you know, they're both kind of like the two sleeper cornerbacks that I think definitely have a chance if they get drafted in the right situations. I just don't know too much about them to like go on and on about them. So um, I'll lump Corey Ballantyne from Washburn in and that I think he's he's more of a bigger physical can press, but some of his issues are in terms of his instincts and finding the football. So um, really, you know, Brown's more of the smarter cornerback, whereas Corey Ballantyne's more of the physically imposing cornerback. Um, so it'll kind of be interesting. Those are kind of the small t- school sleepers that could, um, I guess, be compared or lumped together, in my opinion. Yeah, Parks, last guy we're going to talk about here today is Evan Worthington, their redshirt senior safety from Colorado. Got invited to the combine here, Parks. Came in just an eighth inch under 6'2", 212 pounds, ran a 4'6", um, and had pretty nice arm length there at the combine, Parks. Didn't really test all too well. He did earn playing time at Colorado as a true freshman. Started three to 12 games there. He was reserved in 2015, and then he was suspended for the 2016 season for violating team rules. Um, took a semester off from school, and then he was allowed to return in 2017. Made the most of his opportunity, definitely. Um, had a team-high 66 solo tackles, 86 in total. Broke up seven, intercepted three. Was honorable mention, all Pac-12 selection as a senior. And despite, that was despite just starting nine games due to concussion. So whenever you watched him, Parks, what did you like about his game? He's an interesting player who is going to be, um, you know, potentially a good fit for, like I kind of said, today's nickel and dime NFL, you know, type of standards in that, um, yeah, he doesn't have the deep speed or the athleticism to where he's definitely not a free safety. Um, even as a strong safety, he's not necessarily the best in terms of he can kind of over-pursue things. Um, and, you know, the further away from the line of scrimmage kind of the worse off he is but um you could almost see him as like he's just a really undersized linebacker because when you could put him in the box he can use his length to kind of shed blocks and he can kind of sift through some of the traffic in the box and he does make plays in the running game and not only can he do that but he does have the ability to um you know line up and match over tight ends and man coverage and you know he physically has the length to hang with them and like you said he's about six foot two so he has the size to hang with them so he's a player who's he's pretty fluid in his movements, and that's where you think he can, like I kind of said, if you put him within five yards of the line of scrimmage, that's where I actually think he's better in terms of his run defense, you know, despite the fact that he's like, you know, could probably be maxed out at like 215, 220. I still think, you know, in today's NFL where, you know, most of the running comes in terms of, you know, spread him out and run from the shotgun, even, you know, Big 12 type of stuff. You know, if that's what you need him to do or, you know, on third downs, you could bring him on the field and, you know, on third and five, if they do run a draw and he has to make a tackle, he could probably do that near the line of scrimmage. But on third and five, when they have a big slot receiver who, you know, could be a pseudo tight end, you want a guy like Evan Worthington who could physically press them at the line of scrimmage and then have the fluidity to kind of hang around with them. So I think that, you know, it's it's role specific and, you know, there's only glimpses in, you know, um, little bits of action of him being able to fluidly hang with tight ends over the middle of the field. But yeah, you look at some of his profile and some of his upside and you say that, that's a role that we need in today's NFL and he's definitely going to fall in the draft because he's specific to his role but at the worst you know he's a special teams player who like I said doesn't mind being physical and you know in very specific situations maybe he only plays five to ten snaps on defense but they're going to be high leverage valuable snaps so that's what you need. That does it for our uh, our draft prospect coverage just a week away from the draft here Parks um, 
what do you think our plan is going to be going forward? We, I know we had talked about um, doing some, you know, recap of different teams drafts, maybe by division, but what are you thinking? Yeah, we'll probably do some division by division recaps and we'll probably have some, um, you know, re-rankings because we were saying, you know, especially for fantasy, um, a lot of these skill players positions, you know, all of their scheme fits and everything like that's going to matter for them. So I think we'll do some re-rankings after the draft too. Hey guys, so that'll do it. Like I said, uh, draft next Thursday. So you guys enjoy that and we'll talk to you next time.